gonna be all right. Rockabye. Rockabye. I'm telling you here, Gomer. Everything's gonna be all right. Rockabye. 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 Now, hold on a second. Hold, please. Keep on holding. She still lives his mom outside the city. Down the street about a half a mile. Hold, please. And all her friends keep her. She's so pretty. But she a whole lot prettier if she smiled once in a while. Because even the smile looks like a frown. She's seen her share of devils in this angel town. Everything's gonna be alright. Rockabye. It was a real thing that I, that I just did. Not really. I don't think that was singing. <laughs> uh, I had the lyrics up and I was... Singing you a song. Mm, we had a good you, run. We had a good run. How yeah, you been, we had a good run. You know, you know, I'm I'm doing all right. Okay. I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, there's a lot of healing going on. A lot of sexual healing. Uh, Praise be to Jesus. Amen. Now and forever. Um. I'm really excited. I found out that one of my coworkers has attempted several times to listen to Catching Foxes and uh, not successful yet to finish the show, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> we had a very somber conversation about cussing. You know what? That's fine. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I said, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not a show for most humans. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We got uh, criticized in some other podcasts on the Facebook group. For that, because she played some some person played it w- with her kids in the car, and to that I say, read things before you try them, huh? Read things before you try. All them. of them have explicit tags, except for the ones that don't have explicit content. It's okay. It's fine. We're not angry. We're not bitter. We could just be making a lot more money if we didn't curse, or be us. Yeah, I'll take the money. Because <laughs> <laughs> Luke, I've I've met you. Not worth the money. <laughs> Here's our money. new co-host, Dave Van Vickle. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm boring. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he's not it boring was, at all. Even it was funny. Uh, good friends who are listening right now. Um, today was the only day in the last two weeks that I could record with Dave. So uh, my wife had my daughter, Cecilia, at a an evaluation. And me and Dave, so I, I was like, going through all the schoolwork with my kids. And I'm like, all right, everything else, get out there. <laughs> So we finally started recording. Summer break. Go do whatever. Yeah, and we were like five minutes or five seconds from hitting record, and then Luke calls. So I put him on speakerphone so Dave could hear. It was beautiful. Dave's a great man. He is. His greatness is uh, is unparalleled in society. It's, uh, I don't know what to say. Um, Yeah, so hey, so I think we're both emotionally exhausted. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I yelled at a man on the cloth today. So, yeah. Yeah. Wait, you, you yelled, I, lo- you yelled I, I shouldn't say I yelled. I did not yell. I was not angry, but I did lose my cool. 
at one point in a meeting at church, and I was like, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you lose your cool because you do a, um, a couple things. You get in this um, zone here where it's like you're on a, it's like you're on a slide at um, a water park that just goes and goes and goes. And you just keep getting going up faster. And then at some point in time, you take your hands, and I'm going to try to explain this to our, <laughs> our, our to our to our audience. I think you know um, what I'm about to do. Why can't you see me? You're not. Your your video is not engaged. It hasn't it's not been engaged. This whole time. That's no. really weird. Engage um, it. I'm trying Make to. It so. We say things like actually. Okay, you know what? I'm going to be kind to us. We got a compliment. We did. From we who? did. Uh, Josh, um, Josh Omdanis, he's the Catholic director of Alpha. Uh, he's, and he's a buddy, old coworker of mine. We were in Austria together. Big fan of Josh. Um, Josh said that he, I'm um, going to re-listen to our show. Hadn't listened to it since we first began. I'm not sure it was really his, uh, his, um, cup of tea, but that's, that is fine. And Josh said he's so impressed with just how um, focused we are and how, um, I'm confident. I, I don't remember exactly on, on what he said, but but he was trying to to get the point across that we sound good and that we know what we're doing now. <laughs> and I was like, "Thank you. That's I'll take awesome. that." Hey, I don't know what's wrong with my camera. So I don't. Know is it yet. a lost cause? I, I hate when I can't use it. Do you want me to kill my video feed? No, I kind of enjoy the cameras to be honest, because I'm a fan of your body. I've told others it's a wonderland. I should charge admission. <laughs> And I've got a fast pass. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Luke. Thank you. Thank you. Hear that, Shannon? Mm-hmm. No, she doesn't. Because she's watching a period piece television show. Oh, so can is- I tell you, can I criticize Call the Midwife right now? Can uh, I do that? Absolutely not. I, I am a fan of Call okay. the Midwife. I was going to ask you, that's what she was yes. watching. Okay, let me, Aaron let me- made me watch it, and this house, this house enjoys the occasional Call the Midwife episode. Okay, let me, let me, like a big fine woman, let me back this thing up, okay? I'm just going to explain myself really quickly. Every so often, I will be in here recording a show with you, with Dave Van Vickle, with John DeRosa, with Matt Frad, whomever reaches out to me and embraces me to their bosom, I will record a show. One and day I'll just me, do one with I'm a Matt Frad, and they will be very, uh, we'll just, I'm navel gaze the whole time. It'll be great. Yes. yes. So behind me is my door, and on the other side of that door is my family room, where the TV is angled towards the door, kind of. So I can hear the TV sometimes pouring through. Time and out. every so, yeah, I know where my camera is. It's in the closet. Do you care if I um, get up, or do you want to? Let me just finish this? this story, okay. and we'll pause because right. this is an awkward story. Every so often, when my wife is watching Call the Midwife, I don't know that she's watching it. Half the time, she watches shows with Vikings murdering and pillaging. Okay, so I don't <laughs> like, know. I don't know what's one happening. Meal. Check this out, Gormley. You know who's a modern day Viking? NASCAR driver. She's just uh, watching it and doing uh, doing uh, pull ups with one of those bars that go between the doors. <laughs> one one armed pull up. One armed pull up with a helmet on that has horns on it. Um, Why did I marry him? <laughs> oh, here she is. She overheard it. Hey, oh, there she it. is. There she is. There she is. Every word. So every, every so word. often, my wife's like, I just heard every word. <laughs> So uh, every so often, I will hear female moanings and groanings <laughs> through the door, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is that? And I'm thinking it's some Viking 
you know, not the History Channel Vikings, but the Last Kingdom or one of the other ones. But the and Game I'll of Thrones like, kind oh. of Vikings. What's that? But the Game of Thrones kind of Vikings. Yes, yes, yes. And I'll hear the noise, and then I'll hear, like, a scream. And it could still technically, within the Vikings universe, that could still be a sex scene. And uh, then I'm like, oh, oh, there's a woman in labor. And I'm like, it literally, every time, I'm like, that sounds inappropriate. What the hell is my wife watching? Oh, the miracle of childbirth. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, listen, it's a good show. So it's not even about the show itself. It's about your interpretation of what you think is going on. Which is also completely out of context. How Catholic uh, thought leader of you. <laughs> I'm sorry. My hot takes are better than your righteousness. Your I'm sorry, righteousness but if is you vote right. for this political party, you will go to hell. Mm, man, I had so many people ask me about that video. In fact, my pastor asked me. He's like, did you see that video? And I was like, no, I didn't. I haven't watched it either. All right. So anyways, when you're trying to make a point, it's like you're on one of those water park slides and you're going and and you're going. And what tends to happen is you hit this point where like you just speed up and you're at max velocity. And what you'll do is you'll start you'll get really excited, a little bit higher pitched and you'll speed up just a bit. And then you'll hold up your hands open and then you'll have your thumbs by your head and you'll point out like this and like sharp bursts and then this blah 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 da, da, da. yeah no that's accurate it, that's a that's a gormley description in college i got control of the high pitch voice I, re- I don't know if you remember this but tim fa- father tim lynch father tim lynch it's, so he is a priest now i yeah, always yeah. wondered what happened okay yeah, yeah good for him priest. i want to see that i want i, I, I want to see that I'm gonna base What's him up, on. Dude. I'm gonna base him on my on my on my understanding of him back in 2002. I know, dude. Right? Look, what's up, what's dude? up, man? You know, he. Um, one day I was complaining about a certain ex girlfriend from my freshman year. And oh, can I guess? No, and he. Ow. And I was doing that high pitch thing where, just like you were saying, I'm on the water slide, high pitch voice. I'm going faster. And he goes, Go, all right. And I'm, I'm like giving all my rationale. And he goes, dude, this is great. I support you, bro. I love you, bro. But if you talk anymore, your voice is getting so high pitched. You're going to sound <laughs> like the girl that you broke up with. And uh, furthermore, uh. if you keep talking like this, you're basically a woman and not a man. So <laughs> he said something like along those Tim lines. That is I, so great. I, he is. I wish we hung out with him more. It's one of my regrets. Yeah. Is not just going over to his um, project house, which would then become our, our um, project house, just a few short years later. Yeah. <laughs> and being like, Tim. Thank you, the Tim and Jeremy. Law is stupid. <laughs> Let us drink. <laughs> and just drinking. Yeah, no, he was, he was, he like literally when he said that, I was like, gosh, I am, I'm just whining like a child. And my voice was really high pitched, so I, I learned uh, over the years to temper that. So no, I do get. I, like I, get, was t- Tim I just get loud. Now. I don't get high pitched. I, love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah, we had him at something. He came down. I think it was to see Jeremy Barda. And gosh, I wish I could remember the context, but he was down, and we were all. Um, oh, it was one of my community group men's groups, and we were all talking, and he he led a chat and led some prayer and stuff. It was cool. I, one time, I remember Barda wanted to fight these guys at a. Uh, we were at a, at a. So this is when we were both a freshman in college. You have to understand when you join a household, which is just it. It, it is a frat for all intents and purposes. The older guys walk on water. 
Like yes. you just like you yes. are just looking at them with awe because they can drink. They have this weird um, confidence. They're just like, I can't wait to have that. Uh, they're yeah. just very. Um, and I did in spades. Um, and they just, you know, they just can do no wrong. And so we were on a. It was our. I think it was in the fall because that was when like household was kind of a weird group, but a but a fun group in the fall because of all like half of household was in um, Austria. So yeah. Anyways, I remember we're on retreat and. I think it was either fall. I think it was fall. It may have been spring. Um, these guys were by the house that we were all staying at, and they were, like, causing a huge ruckus and just being loud and really vulgar. And Barta wanted to go and get, confront them, and Tim's like, they're going to want to fight you, man, then I got to be there to save your fat ass. <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jeremy's not fat. I'm, I'm bigger than him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. What does that say about me? Oh, uh, I let myself go my, my senior year of high school. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Jeremy has gotten so much in shape that he just gave me all of his old clothes because I'm yeah, a badass. He looks ass. great. He looks great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who knew that in high school when you completely quit sports and then I'm working because I was still I'm working out for sports off and on up until around late spring of 2000. Mm-hmm. From there, just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I I am loving the September challenge update. Cha-ching! I'm loving it, man. I got about 35, 40 people signed up on uh, the little tiny letter email okay. campaign. Okay, and here's what I, what I want you to do, because I'm going to be honest. Person, Okay, so we had a person on our on Patreon page. We support all of our patrons, except for when you criticize us or complain. And he had this thing where he said uh, that the updates were too much or something. And I just thought, dude, change your preferences. You can easily just not get email up updates. It's very easy to change that. And I don't I, – I think the email would be good, but I do think you should still have – I think people's uh, reflections should be posted on the Patreon yeah. page because I love – we kind of have a community starting to form. Yep. Those people are – for the, about the past half a year or something, I think has changed on – are on the Patreon page where people have slowly started to talk with each other more. Yeah. There was even almost a Catching Foxes meetup in Chicago. Ooh. I would have driven out for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I want to feel famous. But, um, yeah, (laughs) let's be very clear here. (laughs) Okay, Luke, as per episode 15, 37, 58, 129. We bought you a pitcher of beer and a straw. Enjoy. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. She doesn't know I'm here. Yeah. So, September update. Can I do the September challenge oh, update? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that cool? Okay. So, um, the book that I read was recommended while we were discussing kind of the rules of the September challenge. Eat, Fast, Feast by... Uh, Jay Richards, this wasn't what everyone had to read. Everyone got to pick their own kind of rules and stuff. I just wanted something difficult and to read it. Now, uh, meanwhile, on the September Challenge in the last 15 days, I, on audiobook, consumed the entire Iliad, the Odyssey, and I'm halfway through the Aeneid. Um, so I still have not stopped audiobooks. The audiobooks I listen to while I am trying to do my move goals of ten to 20,000 steps... Uh, I'm doing some sprinting, uh, and Luke, watching me sprint down my uh, sidewalk, literally the most embarrassing thing if you're doing it, the greatest thing if you're watching it, because you'll be filled with endless laughter. Um, 
And so that that is weird. But the Eat Fast Feast book recommended – I can't remember who recommended it. Um, it. You can find that on our Patreon page in the beginning. <laughs> um, but, it's, no, I really, I really, really like it. And I realize that I have always sucked at fasting. Um, that was always the hardest part for me. Every Lent, it was such a drudgery. And then even with Exodus 90, um, the fasting was one of the most – conscious things like yeah turning a shower cold and reminding yourself like oh i gotta hop in now because no matter what setting i put it on it's gonna get warm in like two minutes um that was there you know and carving out time for your holy hour and carving out time for this and that but really the thing that i failed every single time on for xs90 was working out and fasting i i'm terrible luke i'm so terrible and then in reading this book the yes guy, you are yeah, I'm a terrible person, a miserable lover, uh, <laughs> mediocre father. Um, <laughs> but no, so what I realized was, like, the book talks about, like, if you're on this sugar-high diet and you're constantly having your sugar spike, you're just always going to feel hungry. And so that it does become a drudgery. But if you can level out your blood sugar levels and, all, and, you know, it's a lot more complicated than that. But And the author is advocating a keto diet. But he just explains, like, the rigors of Christian fasting in, one, the Eastern churches, Orthodox Catholic, and then how they got watered down in the West. And I, that was very eye-opening for me. So I returned to the practice that I had at Exodus 90 but failed miserably at, which is simple meals, simple and meatless meals on Wednesday and then fasting on Friday, one meal Friday. And, the, and, and with the September challenge, I cut out all snacking, all alcohol, except – so there have been a couple exceptions to this, but those are like big – that, like drinking a beer with my dad on my daughter's birthday. Yeah, yeah. You know, things like that. But I'm not just casually, right? Like I was casually drinking and eating ice cream like all the freaking time. And so what ended up happening was um, my – like I would go without eating for a whole day and not even like feel it in like a pain – like a oh my god. Like I wasn't thinking about food all day. I guess I want to say that because there's a lot of stuff with food that is bound up with, like, emotions and coping and, um, you know, all that crap that I have to deal with. You know, people come from, you know, you got anorexics, you got bulimics, the binging, the the fasting, the self-punishment with either fasting or over-exercise. And part of my thing is I'm just the standard thing. I'm the guy who eats too much yummy num-nums and who sits too much in a chair. That's me. And so my, I have the problems of that. So eating a better life or eating better foods and getting out and moving is what I need to do. And this is what I love about the September challenge. There were so many people who were aligned with me, right? They got the, the dad gut, the mom pooch, and they're looking to get mom rid of it. Pooch. The mom oh, pooch. Man, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've never heard it called that before. Oh, that's really? no, that's so like a funny. standard that's like a standard term. Sorry. That's I hang like, out with decent people, so Oh, I uh, I listen to Mind Pump on uh, podcasts. And <laughs> they have a whole thing, the mom pooch, the dad pooch. But for women, it's because the muscles in their stomach have been stretched from having kids that it's very difficult to get that that area um, back under control. And so, like, it's so funny to hear, like, people talk about this. And, you know, you get demoralized. Okay, I'm going to do this diet, but I don't want it to be an up-down diet. That's what I love about the fasting stuff is just do the church calendar and stick to this stuff. Well, the cool thing was we also had a lot of people who were coming at it from completely different perspectives. 
some other people who messaged me privately and were describing like why they can't diet because they have gone on so many diets that they're like metabolically destroyed and they're just trying to level out and stuff. So, I mean, it, it is, it is fascinating to see all of this stuff um, come out in the September challenge because it, it lets you see the, the cornucopia of like what you would say, Luke, like we are all very, very broken. We, we can easily paper over it with false piety. We can paper over it with a view that grace doesn't need to deal with nature, right? Like, I have these anxiety issues. That's why I drink too much. Not, I'm not spiritual enough, right? Like, and then you address the anxiety, and all of a sudden, the spiritual stuff clicks. And it really wasn't until in this book, Eat, Fast, Feast, that he said, St. Teresa of Avila, after doing, like, extended fast, said, you know, people criticize me for this, you know, whatever I'm doing to my body, but I've literally never felt better. She didn't say literally. I've literally never felt better. No, but Don't she worry, just, this is going to be huge in 500 years. Yeah, 500 years. When Catholics stop fasting, that's when the CrossFitters are going to pick it up. What's a CrossFitter? Is that a Christian? No, no, not Cross Carrier. CrossFitter. Totally different thing. CrossFit Enoch. Um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> so, anywho... It, it is just fascinating to hear all of this stuff and where we're all coming from. It's so different, and yet, you know, it's the common theme of the, the thread of the fall. Um, I had a conversation with a uh, with um, a Patreon supporter and um, a fan of the show. Dad? Um, My dad? Uh, your dad. <laughs> no, I do love I'm talking with your dad, though. He's um, awesome. Uh, Stephanie, she's a uh, – I forget what she does, but something with – nutrition and athletics and it was very very cool and uh she has a lot of um, great insights and she was just kind of bringing up like at times the danger and i I don't want to speak for her but i have been i'm thinking about this like the danger of um intense dieting yeah i don't understand like you like you diet too much and you know all this stuff can happen and she said how at times they went within her um a community it's almost like they will um, they'll um, view that stuff at times as like a Matthew Kelly kind of like self help program thing that has like a lot of um flash but like doesn't have a lot of um uh, substance. And I was just saying how like when when how you view food, how y- you use food, um, really kind of it just like there. I I I, I, I want to talk with her more about it because I'm curious about it because I'm having a hard time right now with that and um. I can't really go on the keto diet or on the carnivore diet. It doesn't sit well with the old Luke. <laughs> and so, I want to. I, I want to have a healthy relate. I want to have a healthy uh, relationship with the world, <laughs> which I feel yeah. finding is mo- more and more difficult. Um, <laughs> but I, I think for me, like food is definitely one way that 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 you know I love to eat. I love to drink. I love to be merry, and um, it. Uh, has definitely, you know, and, and, like there's just there's there's a lot of stuff going on in my life um, right now that's good, but it's really I'm really starting to ask, okay, why do I why do I do these things? Like, what is actually going on here? And um, it's been really good, but very very difficult. Uh, and so and that's and I, I kind of I'm trying, so I I kind of backed out of the September. Uh, challenge because it was just uh it, i couldn't i couldn't really devote the time to it that i that I, I wanted to and 
and I'm, I'm very, I love seeing what everyone's doing. I did buy a book that I heard on Matt Frad's podcast with him. And by the way, him and father, uh, father Gregory Pine is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What? Did you listen to the oh, debate? My gosh. No, I don't, I don't want, I don't know. The like debate it. was great. It was great. It was fun it was. listening to. Yeah, I, he, had a, um, he debated an atheist, but the atheist started off by saying, I want to make a distinction between philosophical atheism, that's me, and the new atheist idiots that I do, I have nothing to do with them. They are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. Let's talk, you know, and it was, it was, it was awesome. No, this he did was well, on, but Father Gregory Pine is incredible. Yeah, this is on um, Matt Fratch. So they were talking about, like, uh, how to argue well, and it was really, yeah. really good. Yeah, and there's this one point that they talked about that blew my freaking mind. I need to go back and uh, listen to it, but it was about um, oh gosh, how did it go? It was, it was basically why does why is why is the church slow to respond to certain things? Mm-hmm. And it made me think so much of Taylor Marshall, and the whole time he's talking, I'm like, oh, this is what Taylor Marshall is taking advantage of. Is just this. While the church is uh, is can at times be very slow to respond, it's and I don't want to put um, words in their mouth. And they were not talking about. I'm not talking about Taylor Marshall at all. I, and I, I, dang it, I wish I had. Re- I should have taken um notes because I, I wanted to bring. I wanted to bring this up, but it was such a fascinating conversation because they started getting into okay, um, like why does the church take time? On on all like of these things, and when people are very fast to um, to respond to get to the answer that people uh, that people um, want to hear, how it creates like a hey, I'm demigod kind of thing or or um, something um like that, and it leads to like a false idol, pretty yeah. much. And it, it, it was it was I mean again they were not talking about Tim Marshall at all, but it, it just reminded me so much of him because in my experience of if like. When I started to work, uh, when I started to work at the archdiocese here in Cincinnati, one of the things that was so interesting and kind of difficult to come to terms with was that I started to understand why certain things in the church that I didn't like were happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and at times you see it and you go, "Okay, this is this is um, bullshit." Let's call this out right now. Looking at you, U.S. CCB, um, the most pointless organization in the church, but. Uh, and I, truly, I don't understand what good they've done. Um, anywho, <laughs> I know Paul would disagree with us. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I don't see it. <laughs> but anyways, you'd think after like 100 years, it would have done some some stuff but by now. But mm-hmm. um, anywho, but like the real um, – I'm still employed in the organization. <laughs> <laughs> I make no comments right now. <laughs> um Listen, but feel free to uh, bring us out to speak at NCYC, okay? <laughs> we'll gladly do it. <laughs> wow, is that the sound of a ship sailing? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. I will say this. The, there is a reason why the church takes her time. It's because she wants to get things absolutely 100% right and, un, and, th- that, and that the nuances are important. And this is going to tie into that one um, video that everyone's been angry about or, or, or have about with the one priest saying it's a, it's a immortal sin to vote for um, a Democrat. The church is slow because she thinks things are important and she wants to get things right. And when you can't wait and you want to rush to the judgment, it creates these false idols and these false heroes and these fall and, you know, like on um, these false narratives that we so desperately want 
And that's really um, dangerous. And the thing that I really enjoyed about working for the Glen Mary Home Missioners is that um, they are not involved in any of like, the church's politics now. And they're so out- and there are some things that, that, that they do that some people would go, oh, that kind of oh, reminds me of the stuff that's like, you know, post-Vatican II that I really um, didn't like or, or, or whatever. But when I see them on mission and when I see their hearts for God, it, it's not so black and white. You know, and it's very easy to get caught up in your own little echo in the chamber and think this is the way that things absolutely are. And it's just not true. And I think it's very important to remember, like, we are, we can be sweet. It's, I, for some reason, I feel like a, um, American Catholicism craves absolutes. Have you noticed that at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to say that like absolutes don't right, exist. Right, right. Of course they do. That's that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, hmm. let me let me be slow and deliberate with my thoughts. Um, a while ago, I read an article about the Jesuits of the 1600s. Uh, I think it was written by Father Dwight Longnecker. And he made this point that the difference between the Jesuits of the 1500s and the 1600s was the Jesuits of the 1600s loved the church, and they wanted everyone to be in it. So they just watered down the parts that were the most offensive. And he was using that as a segue to talk about Father James Martin. Father James Martin, do you remember our conversations that we've had in the past? Where it's like Father James Martin has the evangelizing impulse to bring in the marginalized, specifically in the LGBT community, into the Catholic Church. So his desire to do that, though, leads him to soften, water, neglect, or water down, or directly alter church teaching. But because he's a a Jesuit who's well-trained, he knows what the church teaches. So by saying things like, let's delete the word um, disordered and change it to differently ordered, he knows that there is a confusion that disorder is an ontological term, not a psychological term in the case of the catechism, and differently ordered while still being somewhat true is actually even greater misleading, and he knows that. And he's trying to create a justification for something that is not justified in the eyes of the church and has never been. But the impulse is... The church is God's salvation on earth. Let's bring as many people into it as possible. But the crazy thing is what you find with everyone, even the people who are trying to act inclusively and draw people in, they still are narrowing the field, narrowing the band. They're still, because they're creating their own new conditions for orthodoxy, that which is measured and that which measures. And I find the same thing happens in the opposite side, and I know I'm guilty of this. I know I've done this. I'm not letting myself off the hook. I have been zealous. Sometimes I scream and talk with my hands on my head. So it's I've been like there. Out, I, coming out of your, yeah, out of my head, out of my head, like like yeah. like rays of light. Yeah. Um, but also you find that people like, uh, so someone asked me, and I literally said the other day, I will not say Taylor Marshall anymore. <laughs> But someone asked me, name one specific thing that you think is a big problem with him other than negative attitude, tough love, whatever it might be. And I said, um, he dismisses the papacies of JP2 and Pope Benedict 
because Benedict was not a hard and fast Thomist. And he was a Paridi at the council, Second Vatican Council, and he's guilty by association with the shenanigans of Vatican II and following. And the problem with that, right, of claiming orthodoxy, and I've read Eterni Patris. I did the audiobook for Mafrad's podcast for you Patreon listeners. Um, but it doesn't say St. Thomas Aquinas is the only school of thought ever allowed. And St. Uh, excuse me, I'm not canonizing him. Pope Benedict is a hardcore Augustinian Bonaventurian in terms of theology of history. He does, he will, he never goes against Aquinas in terms of he's attacking church teaching, but that's what they do. That's what we keep doing. We narrow the field and we define what orthodoxy is. If you're not inclusive, like I am, you are unchristlike. Therefore you're not Catholic. If you are, and a lot of them do this for a love out of a love of the church. Like, I don't think father James Martin is a devil. I don't think he's trying to overthrow the church. I think he thinks this is a logical progression, however unfounded. And I think Taylor Marshall is trying to protect the church in an age of extreme confusion, in an age of extreme partisanship with doctrine and all the, in an age of, of, uh, 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 James Martin's right? Here's the, what he styles himself as a Thomas Aquinas, right? And I said in these previous episodes, St. Thomas Aquinas was considered to be like a radical, like studying of Aristotle was forbidden in papal universities because it was a warning, a, a deviation from the faith. Stick with Augustine. That's all you need. Plato was, uh, uh, you know, he represented the seeds of the gospel. And so you end up finding that this is the danger of not being of me and you as Catholics with an audience, this is the danger of us not repenting all the time because it can very easily for me and you to desire the adulation of the left and compromise to desire the adulation of the right and compromise to, and constantly. And I was thinking, Lord, what would save me from walking either of these paths? And it's like, uh, Oh, I know the answer. It's your cross. Right, The constant return to dying with Jesus and repentance is the only thing that can save me from taking the church and turning it into my agenda. And that's what I'm afraid of both of those men. That's what they do. And when they have followings, the followers will say something like, hey, Father so-and-so at Franciscan, what do you think of Taylor Marshall? Oh, I find him divisive. And then the, the person says, yeah, you know, I thought Franciscan's gone downhill. I had a guy write me a criticism of something that I said in a 30-second, here's a microphone in front of your face, and I didn't, wasn't able to give a complete thought, but I threw out some stuff. He gave me no benefit of the doubt, and he said, oh, I forgot. You're from Franciscan. This is what you do. You, per, <laughs> you pervert the gospel, and I'm like, holy shit, balls. Yeah, but, you but per- think of Franciscan yeah. perverts the gospel. Who the f- are you talking? <laughs> like, what the? Sorry. I, I just can't believe there goes any right. chance of, of um, Father Dave ever coming back on again. I, like, Franciscan perverting the are you joking? Right. Sorry. Right. And uh you, you so seem I, I so didn't, annoyed with that. I'm sorry. You, 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 no, I'm not I'm I no, that's exactly that's exactly my feeling is like we narrow the band. Like uh Freud called it the narcissism of minor differences. Like we agree ninety nine point nine nine nine, but that point zero zero one percent is enough for us to hate each other 
more than maybe we hate a Protestant, more than we hate uh, a Mohammedan, more than we hate a Hindu, right? We don't hate anyone. but Those Hindus. Right? Sure are thirsty. Um, <laughs> but them and their positions. Yeah, <laughs> sure are breathing <laughs> regularly and with deliberation. Yeah. Um, but anywho, I just say that because that is the constant danger. This thing that saved me and kept me close to Christ has become like I've made an idol out of theology, right? I've made an idol out of inclusivity or whatever it might be. Like Jesus excluded people. Jesus included the excluded, right? It's not a everyone belongs and therefore just do whatever the hell you want. And so many people think that that's the type of inclusivity that Jesus had, the table fellowship of Christ, sinners, tax collectors, and prostitutes. Except the difference is when Jesus walked out of their homes, they were no longer sinners, tax collectors, and prostitutes, right? Like that's the difference. Yeah, I think people really there's, – there's an idolization of um, of uh, the everyman Jesus Yeah, that I think yeah. is it's, – it's, it's very important to you know um, contemplate – his um his humanity but for the most part anytime anyone talks about him that way he's painted just like uh them yeah yeah you know i mean and and, and scholars don't avoid this scholars do this very have you ever heard of the quest for the historical jesus you ever heard of that yeah 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 i mean that's what they did every next generation's leading scholar when they talked about the historical jesus Oh, no, he was a radical revolutionary. Turns out you were the radical revolutionary. Oh, no, he was a marginal Jew. He was this. He was that. He was this. They all, Jesus takes the image, you know, what's that phrase? Um, God made man in his image and likeness, and we've been trying to return the favor ever since. Like, that's what we do with the historical Jesus. That's what we do, not just at a scholarly level, but at an individual level. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's exactly it, Luke, is we are making Jesus and Christianity and the church in our image. And I think these are just the same games of self-justification that we've been playing since the beginning. I belong on the right team. You be- And I define the right team as not you guys. And the, the, the powerful danger and the difference, I think it's harder for us conservatives or people who are traditionalists because we can point to the history of church teaching and say, see, I'm saying what they back then said. They have an ST or they're a doctor. Um, in their name, and so I'm on the right side. And you might be intellectually, but you might be very far from God, right? There's a lot of smart people who are going to burn in hell for all eternity. I think about that a lot. Um, when I went to, sorry, I totally just cut you off there. No, no, I mean that. I mean, and, and there are a lot of dumb people who are going to burn in hell too. But <laughs> let's not forget, everyone's going to burn except for me and my friends. Patreon.com/slash/cf. <laughs> Give if you don't want to go to hell. Uh, <laughs> when the money tickles in the can, souls are released from purgatory. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, we're just kidding. Oh, my wife's tribulosity is, is coming back to haunt me. Um, no, at the archdiocese, I used to be very concerned with. Uh, I would. Uh, whenever we would do Lexio, and if it was a part where it said, uh, you know, gain the world but lose your soul or anything um, like that, I would think so much about discipleship and missionary on discipleship and just this. And I don't know what the answer is besides repentance and just and with what I mean, you always say of going back to the cross and letting the cross lead you of just like we can make an idol out of this so quickly. And we're going to, and we're like, we're like, it's assume that you make idols, yeah, <laughs> you know, and 
Um, this is, I think, honestly, I think this is one of the reasons why Alan Balthasar t- talks about the importance of going back to the saints and the church fathers than the fad priest of your time. Yeah. Because that's, that's where the, that's, you know, that's, that's where it's at. As for what was sown among thorns, this is he who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the delight in riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. That's the thing that I was doing a, I did a meditation on it for the, the men in prison and, um, you know, you can't go there. So I'm like recording these talks right into a camera and, uh, they're playing it in a 110 prisons. And one of the thing was walking through, like, what is the purpose of parables? And Jesus says it, I'm saying these things as parables. So you people out there listening cannot understand what I'm saying. I'm saying it directly to you. And you don't understand the point, and I'm doing that on purpose. I don't want you to understand. So that seeing, you don't actually perceive, and hearing, you don't understand. I'm doing this on purpose. And the disciples come up to him and are like, all right, we don't get it either. And he's like, okay, to you it's been made known, the mysteries of the kingdom. This is the deal. And I meditate on that third that third seed, and I, and I ask myself, is this me? Right? So the second seed grows up in shallow, in rocky soil. So it receives the word with joy, but the roots aren't deep. I would say that was Michael Gormley in his teenage years, right? Like, yay, all this stuff, pretty girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> yay, all this stuff. AOL download speed, uh, dial up speed pornography. Like, yay, all this stuff. But then, like, Napster. okay. Yeah, so much Napster. That's how I finally got my white whale, Coolio's Dangerous Minds. <laughs> those those two songs weren't going to um, download themselves over the course of eight hours. <laughs> so long. So long. Five megabytes. Five megabytes. I will never forget when the first time, I think it was uh, 3G when I saw how fast you could download a song on your phone and just being like, what the hell has just happened? Because like, just I could not believe how fast it was. You're, you're looking at it, you're like, oh, there goes my 20s. <laughs> but look, you, you're 24. Yep. Yep. <laughs> do you know how long it used to take me to download the alternative version of Dave Matthews number 40? <laughs> Kids, when I was your age, it took me 20 minutes to have access to the whole world's content. You get it instantaneously. When I was your age, I had to wait 20 minutes for pornography. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it, I'll say it, I'll say it, I'll say it. <laughs> that wasn't me making fun of your stutter. Anywho, no. so the theology. <laughs> I wasn't thinking on that one. I went full foghorn leghorn on that one. You are beautiful, no matter what you say. I don't care. No, good. No, me. I know. I'm just joking. Or am I? Um, I don't know what to do now. But yeah, no, 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 the, no. The, so the lines that we draw, right, the rod that you measure ends up measuring you, right? Like, I am in my 30s now that I have a career in the church and I have a career doing these things that, you know, we have a particular person that we don't like because they've made millions off of the broken hearts of baby boomers watching their Gen X and millennial children leave the church. Um, The idea of making millions off the church, it hurts me. Like I, I, a laborer is worth his wages. If someone sells a million books, you should probably make what, what is that? Like $3 million. If you get $3 a book, like that's amazing. Like, you earn that. People like that. I love that. But you got to know the money can corrupt you so much that you confuse the money with the blessing. You confuse the money with the fruit. And you think God obviously wants this because it's so popular. But what you don't realize is you've watered down the message. 
so that it is popular. You're appealing to the worldly-minded people, or you could be appealing to the worldly-minded people so that you can sell them a pseudo-custom-tailored Christianity that just ain't Christian enough. There's a reason why a lot of the popular authors get weird. I've seen it with Donald Miller, and every time I hear him, it breaks my heart because I'm like, dude, you wrote Blue Like Jazz. The single most important book on Christianity, in my opinion, in the aughts, <laughs> there's no more important book than that. Like, it kicks a wild at heart's ass. Um, <laughs> and it's just gotten a little weird. Uh, what what, who weird? Knows? what happened? So he, I just think he got a little bit, um, I remember, okay, so Blue Lake Jazz, it, it like, it blows up. It's just a um, huge thing. There was even a movie that was kind of bad, but still, uh, they had a movie. Oh, on yeah, they did have a movie, didn't yeah. they? It's, it, they, they tried. They, I'll, I'll give them that. They really did try. Did you watch it? Yeah, oh yeah, I was I backed it on um on Kickstarter and got and I actually got a um, thank you call from the director while I was at Aunt D's house. And um I was like, You're really cool. Thanks for all you did with with uh Squint Records. It was one of my favorite um record labels. And he was just like, Yeah, thanks. I was like, All right, see you later. <laughs> um but uh, but, 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 but. It, it was a very important book, and I feel like he started to try to like, – I mean, how do you rewrite Blue Leg Jazz? How do you follow up Blue Leg Jazz? Like, you you can't. A book that, like, single – I mean, it is I, – I will I will say this to my grave. The most important um, Christian book of the of the aughts from um, 2001 to um, 2010, there is, um, there is um, nothing more important than that book. And um, – his stuff afterwards was just trying to like um recapture part of that um a revolutionary spirit I don't know if, um, not, of of that um of that like um broken kind of like honesty, and it just never quite hit the mark. And I feel like he just kept trying to get. I think at one point in time I heard him on a podcast. He was saying he doesn't go to a church anymore. He's still a um, Christian, but he doesn't go to church. Kind of one of those those things. Yeah. And now he does branding for businesses. So he may have just gotten completely out of the book game to, like, save his faith or because he was just kind of, I'm done. And, you know, and, that, and that's hard because, again, you ha- like, people then always expect you to write blue like jazz. You know, yeah. it's, 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 right. it's, it's, it's the same true. thing with, you know, artists when their first album is gigantic. Everyone always wants them to make part two as the next album. And your good ones, the ones who last, don't. So I can tell you're reading something. What I was trying to find uh, – I was going to look at the Blue Light Jazz, but talking about artists who get weird, I just – ah, man, it hurts my heart. But what? there's an you artist got, who's really weird. weird. We had her on our show. Oh, um, Audrey Assad? Yeah. Yeah. And I listen, like she listen. put a third eye on the Blessed Virgin Mary's head. But listen, here's the thing, man. Oh no. You just have to you have to respect her journey. Yeah, fair enough. I don't get it. I think it's weird. <laughs> like yeah, I totally enough, get it. Enough. But like you like you can't like this is like like this is the problem is we want our heroes to be saints. Yeah. 
we want them to be, you know, we want our, and like we make the, like and the minute we do that, we create, and it's because I think we're, I don't know if it's just part of our um, nature to want, to want um, to look up at them people, which is one of the reasons why saints like speak, like, you know, speak to us, but let the saints be your saints. And yeah. like, I think a lot of her stuff that like, you know, she says that I'm um, talks about is batshit weird. <laughs> and I just stopped following her. And it's fine. I want her to live her own life and to I like I hope she finds what she's looking for. It's not fair for anyone to expect anything out of her. Mm. I, I, okay, I'm I'm sorry. Let me just I'm back up. Is it fair? Because she spoke at conferences. She was paid to talk about this this um, you know this stuff. She wasn't some indie artist just doing her thing. Like she uh, was a speaker on the Catholic circuit, you know she did all of that stuff. It, what should we expect of a person like her? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what is the what is the right and just thing to expect from her? <sighs> you know, on her on her Facebook page or her website, it says Eden unashamedly covers the distance between Audrey's old ideas about God and her freshly gained perspective that can only be the result of a true-to-life spiritual awakening. And, you know, it's not to say that she's abandoned Christ or something. Like, you're right. Everyone, I'll say this. Everyone has the right to their own journey. And this is part of the narrowing of the field that we have to avoid. My way into God is my way. Right, my journey, my pilgrimage, my failures, my mistakes, my misperceived whatever. Right, uh, I have to deal with. Right, like a lot of people who come into their Christian faith and are projected into leadership, find so either they stagnate or they find so much about it that's repulsive. That's the whole point of the book, The Hack. That I mean, yeah, that is the I've whole point of I've the book. There. Yeah, yeah, right. And you look around, you're like, oh, God, if I didn't work for the church, I wouldn't believe in Jesus anymore. Right? Like, I mean, we've even talked about that. Like, this vulnerable confrontation with the stagnation in my own faith because I belong to a machine that's telling me to parrot these things, get these feels in other people. But then here's the thing. That's also, I'm assuming that's what happened to her. We don't know. No. Right, right, right. So, like, we don't know. Right. So, my my feelings. No, I mean, you're right. We don't know anything that's going on. Well, I mean, we know everything that's going on because she publishes it on social media. But, you know, obviously that's a lens too. But the idea is, okay, but the issue is even though every per you know, there's as many spiritualities as there are people, that's because it's your own interior life and your own story and your own history. But there's only one Christ. There's only one cross. There's only one resurrection. And only in him is there an any type of unifying experience. Right, it's the analogy of Christ that Hansers von Balthasar fought to establish. Right, the Analogia Christi. Right, we are in Christ. That changes everything. Right now, I will say this is the thing that I think we need to give some space for, especially with someone who's an artist and is confronting their own, uh, you know, bifurcated struggles. Right, like the art versus the work. I know kills a lot of artists' fire. Um, but I will say, like, sometimes we pre-script spirituality out too early. You should think, talk, walk, act, and say these things. And when you do that to a 20-year-old, when you do that to a 15-year-old, they think they have wisdom, but they have a script that was someone else's wisdom. 
Mm-hmm. And there's so little. Oh, that's a really good point. Right? Can there's you so little repeat humility. that line again? That's really good. No, I can't. I don't remember. There's, oh. I don't. <laughs> that was so good. All right. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, it's based though on other people's wisdom. Like they fought, they failed, they earned, they got, yeah. and now yeah. they're they have a daily devotion to the rosary, or they have this. It's and Jurassic went, Park, man. And now we're selling it. We're yeah, selling, selling it. it. Yeah. But the idea is, it's not a, uh, keeping the Jurassic Park theme alive. Oftentimes, we want our spirituality to be cloned, not incorporated, right? Like, I love St. Thomas Aquinas. I just sponsored a kid in confirmation last night who had the name Thomas Aquinas. I said, why did you choose him? He said, well, you, like, loved learning and stuff. So then I started unfolding the life of St. Thomas. And he was like, dude, that's so cool. And I was like, yeah. And I discovered St. Thomas through his five ways. So you should read that. And it's like, well, maybe he should. You know, like, maybe he yeah, should read that. Should. Maybe he shouldn't. Maybe that's the dumbest thing I could have possibly said. So instead, I gave him Matt Frad's book on the five ways to give him a better introduction to it than what, or a different introduction to what I got. But the idea is we all, there is a, um, there is a danger in scripting out other people's interior life that especially, I would say, the artistic mind will revolt against. But, man, I drew so much spiritual strength when from her album where she took the poems of John Donne um, and incorporated Because I love John Donne. I read John Donne's poetry all, I mean, all the time. And to hear her beautiful, and I was describing it today um, with a friend of mine who brought up the conversation, her ethereal, wonderful voice singing one of some of my favorite poetry, you know, it was, it was truly a deep experience. But to me, that, that was like such a, a pivotal thing. And then to see, to me, it feels like a fall from grace. Like she's now east of Eden. If I could do a wordplay on her new album, Eden. Huh? <laughs> but East and, of Eden. And I, 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 I guess the thing is, I we just have to. I mean, we have to kill our idols. Yeah, we have to be okay with her doing that. And I mean, I don't, I don't think about this ever until somehow it like pops up in, in like a um, retweet or something, or you know, on, on Instagram. Or I said this was coming to the Catholic Church a couple of years ago when a lot of big um, Christians started to deconstruct Derek Webb, yeah. um, that pastor dude, I forget his name from Hillsong, a couple other um, artists, and I, I think it's going to continue to happen where either a priest or someone or, or something is, you know, this is just, this is a, this is a movement within the church. And I, I don't know what the response is besides respecting their, like, do you know why I love Kevin Hyder? There are, there are a lot of reasons why. Yeah, but what, so many. But what um, Kevin has done that I have, that I have I'm never seen an artist of um, faith do besides him is he has managed to make his art incorporate his as like his like his faith a ton but kevin's not a catholic artist Mm -hmm. and he has um, never tried to define himself by by his faith in in, in terms of in um in um, terms of his art Hmm. and so few people have been able to do that I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know anyone else. We're who talking has. Bono. We're talking Denzel Washington. That's it. <laughs> but I mean, really, and I mean, jars I, of clay, depending on what year it is. Oh man, they actually hold up really well. Jars of clay holds up, and they're, they're new stuff. Very good. Soul. My, oh, 
Oh man, splashing they're, um, in the ocean. I'm losing control. I listened to this one on the remix. Were you rubbing your nipples while you were doing that? No, I was pretending <laughs> like I was splashing in the water. You sick freak. Yes, <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, Kevin just does a really like. I I wish we were all um, more like okay. So I was hanging out with I'm a, I was hanging out with, with Kevin. We were talking about I'm with John Stevens, and we both have a love for him. That's just mm-hmm. like I adore him, In and I and I'm like the last person on earth who would judge a person if they if like, if um if um they were gay. It doesn't it just? But I was just I'm curious. I, I was like. Do you think he's gay? Like that's kind of a thing that people, um, you know, kind of will tend to. I'm um, talking about, it and just goes, "Um, it doesn't matter." And I was like, "Well, not really." And then we just I never talked about it. <laughs> and I, I, I wish I had that attitude about like Kevin doesn't care about. Um, I don't want to speak for him. Kevin cares about like truth and reality, not image or labels. Mm. And I don't mean that in in um, of the sense of like uh, I reject your like um, binary world or that um, kind of way of you know rejecting labels, but as in like a person is a person, not this thing that I want to, to classify them as person versus persona. Yeah, yes, yeah, the, yes, that is a better way to put that. And I, I think we probably like. You know, it's it is always a bummer to see an artist you love or a person who means a lot to you loses their faith. Yeah, it's really, really um difficult. I I don't know how to handle it besides saying you just have to be okay with that um with that happening. It doesn't mean that you can't be sad about it. It doesn't mean that you can't um even mourn it or wish it was different or um. You know, yeah, but I think the- let me throw this quote out at you and you tell me what you think. Reading a quote to my son the other day about priorities, the first thing this man said was, kill your idols. He wasn't speaking religiously, but practically. When we turn human persons into celebrities, we are one step away from turning them into idols. We put people on a pedestal that is unrealistic, both for them and for us. We elevate them and then are shocked when we find faults and failures within them. Impossible standards create idols. And yet create the very conditions by which our idols disappoint us. And they always will. Who is that from? What do you think of that? Michael Gormley in a draft that's going out to everyone on tinyletter.com slash Gomer. <laughs> Join the Patreon. No, uh, there was a great... I literally have this whole, like, literally, Luke, like, everything that we've been saying when you brought up idols, I was like... Oh, man, this is still sitting in my drafts. I tried to write, finish writing and editing it this morning. So I had this little thing on idol worship, and then you were talking about absolutes. I have a whole thing on absolutes. It was delightful. Go on. No, there's a great quote from, on Instagram from Elena Bordeaux. I forget how to pronounce her name exactly, but it's about that. Just it's something about, it's just how... And, you know, like, she's gone through her own kind of, um, her, like, faith has been rocked in, in a way. And I, I think she isn't Catholic any, any, anymore. But I really respect, um, like, her journey. I, I respect her honesty. Like, I would rather, like, what's the worst thing that we can possibly be in terms of her faith? 
It's lukewarm. Yeah, yeah right. not Gomer warm. When you're Gomer warm, you're going right to heaven. When it's, when it's Gomer warm, you got a whole other um, set of issues. You should probably get checked. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're talking rashes. We're talking <laughs> blisters. Yeah. We're, we're, ta- we're talking a weird sensation when you pee. It's almost like you're trying to fly, kind of like in the Red Bull commercial, except you don't have wings and fly, but you feel like you're about to. Very odd. <laughs> if you are a listener from San Antonio, Padua, Roman Catholic Church, please turn it off 20 minutes ago. God bless. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I always forget that you have a jobby job. Um, <laughs> and you don't. <laughs> we, we really should just be anonymous. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't get you paid. Uh, so anyways, uh, the um, I had a great point and I lost it. Oh, the worst thing you can be is lukewarm. So when, when, um, when people go cold, I'm, I, I am, I'm not saying it's good, but I... I I'm not going to say it's bad either because the worst is lukewarm. Yeah. And it's hard and it sucks, but like you have to respect their journey and their struggle. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that like we need to elevate it. Right. Or anything or say like, oh, this is what we should all be doing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you have to respect it. Yeah. And that's hard. And that's, and it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, I like what you said, like, let your saints be your saints. And even the saints, like, we have to remember that canonization is not deification in terms of going back through their life. Yeah, they lived a life of heroic virtue, but, you know, they still did dirt. You know, <laughs> like, they still, no, like, yeah. other than Christ and, and, yeah. and the Blessed Virgin Mary, none of them were perfect, right? Saints fall short. They fail, right? They They do. And we can draw on their witness, but also we can acknowledge that even they weren't flawless. And so when we adopt these personas, the danger becomes – that is immediately when you become the hack because you begin to get lukewarm because then you're acting. You're not living. And the Christian life needs livers, not actors. and And, And if you're eating nose to tail, you also need to eat liver. Go on. Uh, there's a great song by the band Five Iron Frenzy, who has a new album on. They're trying to, f- oh, they they have already unfunded on Kickstarter. The way is that that goals. new metal band? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're is that real, that rapcore band? They're, they're they were like a tool thing in, in the beginning, <laughs> and they kind of got um rapcore. Now they're just more like chill. Wait, uh, are you describing Corn, <laughs> the band Corn? Describing the Project Eighty Six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were for a while there, real good. Uh, real good. Um, you got old. We they have a do. song called "Into Your Veins." Okay, and I heard. It and I was like, "What's the point of this song?" And I was like, "What?" And then I was. I'm reading. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is about me." And it's about like uh, it's just about wanting to take their songs, take like take the meanings of it, and treat them um, treat treat it um, like a drug. So he you know um, ha- has this line where he goes um, he goes I shoot each word into your veins scream until you can't feel pain and about how we can take this art and take this stuff and we treat it um, like a drug I just want to feel good by here I want to feel I want to make I want to make this my spirituality I want to be the way that I experience God to be this art thing I want to um, treat this as a thing to help me um get through the day which can be good but then it then it becomes the thing that helps you get through the day as opposed to reality and that's bad I'm a dealer of words. I'll suck the buzz from your scene and sell it right back to you before I get away clean. This is your stereo, and your speakers are blown. In this scenario, we are the guns of Navarone. This is a mutiny. This is a masquerade. 
This is the pin pulling from a sticking hand grenade. Shoot each word into your veins. Sing until you can't feel pain. You're going down hard. You're going down fast. You're going down like this might be your last. Yeah. And it just, I think he's speaking to people um, 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 like me who could tend to take their music and use it as a drug. Mm. And it's it's very easy to do that with, you know, like with the artists and the people that, that we love because <laughs> we live in a world that lacks heroes. Yeah, he says, uh, this is a firing line. This is sweet Caroline. This is a slot machine. This is a prison camp minus any Steve McQueen. He always has to be funny. He always has to be funny. It's the lighthearted mood of ska, which is the worst genre of music. And I said it. I said it, Miss Ruby. I hate you so much. I know. Luke, what's on the horizon? What's on the horizon for your spiritual life, man? What's the next step? What are you doing? How you growing? Uh, uh, how am I growing? Uh, I'm listening. I'm going to be very honest. I'm holding on. I have a two and a half month old. And you can uh, only only use that as an excuse for another two and a half months. That's fine. That's fine. But right <laughs> but no, now I, mean, I am. You can use it. <laughs> yeah. Is she sleeping through the night yet or is she still yes. doing the midnight beating? No, she is. I'm sleeping through the night. Thank God. Yeah. So we can get her to sleep for about uh, almost like, almost like seven hours. Up to seven hours. Nice. So, nice. Uh, but we can, yeah, she she's up at about oh, six in the morning. So, which is fine. She's cute as hell when she sleeps. It's adorable. No, oh, isn't it the best watching it a little it, kid sleep? It really, especially is when cool. that little kid looks like you. <laughs> yeah, and it's cool. Like she's starting to respond to us. Like so, uh, like um, Aaron, will, Aaron will go uh, woo, and then she'll wait and go woo like that. <laughs> You know, so kids learn kids learn through mimicry, and um, I remember reading a study of uh, chimpanzees' intelligence versus children, and the uh, an adult would teach how to do these rings from one side to the other, and the chimpanzees found out a better way, and the kids didn't, right? And and uh, um, Peter, Doctor Peter Singer, out of Princeton, he used that. He's a species. What does he call him? Speciesist. He coined that term, meaning if you eat animals, you're a speciesist, like a racist, but with species. So he's like he's like all in favor of killing children up to I think three years old, definitely two years old. Yeah, yeah, um, he's evil. Yeah, he's just evil, right? But don't worry, he's at one of the most prestigious schools as a professor. Uh, Princeton, uh, the the head of uh, faculty, the dean of faculty, said when we get calls. Outside of Princeton complaining about faculty members, it's always about Peter Singer. When we get calls from students and professors inside Princeton, it's always about Robert George, who's a Catholic um, law professor and natural law philosopher. Um, But the – oh, shit. What was I saying, Luke, before I decided to go down that random species? Peter Singer about uh, kids um, mimic things. Oh, and the fascinating thing with that was, like, up to a point, it is – um, the the chimpanzees are definitely smarter than the humans, but the whole human paradigm of learning for infants is mimicry because they have a bond of trust with the person they're imitating. And that oh. allows them, right? That allows them rapid learning, right? So mm. the chimpanzee can figure stuff out quickly, right? But then stops. Whereas the kid mimicking the parents which is why it's a good thing to do baby talk and all that stuff. The kid mimicking the parents all of a sudden can transcend that quicker because I have this 
relationship of trust. It's safe. You feed me. I'm wet. You make me dry. And then, boom, they're off to the races. And it is fascinating to to watch it unfold, which is why it is terrifying to be a parent because their eyes are always watching you. I know. I think about that a lot. So my strategy is to not be around. <laughs> Problem solved. Oh, you took the old pre uh, Gomer's pre-COVID strategy of always being gone. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah, Shannon. I'd love to parent. However, me I'm on a plane. Luke are going yeah, to go drink in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, Apple. What was that called? Fox Appleton? Valley? Apple, Apple, Appleton? Appleton. Appleton. Appleton and Fox Valley? Fox River Something Valley? Like that. Was, oh, that was what a fun. That was, do you remember that bar? That bar yeah. was awesome. That bar was awesome. San Diego outside. We were rocking it. We were. And we now were we're going to go, it. me and you, Long Island, after they decontaminate the place. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go hang out with Father James, and we're going to party and do a young adult thing. Sorry, oh, Father James, you don't have a choice. We're, we're just going to show up. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey, hey buddy. <laughs> We've abandoned our families. <laughs> and we do not want to go back. Party. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny. Uh, no, I'm, a, I'm reading. Did you the, just I'm, quote Boondock Saints? I did. Nice. I did. Funny story. When you rewatch it, little, little weird. I oh, mean, it's a terrible movie. The good oh. stuff holds up, but the other parts, it's like, oh, that's a little homophobic. Oh, yeah, it's way over the top. Speaking of an actor in that movie, did you hear about porn star Ron Jeremy? Uh, vaguely. Like, like he's uh, a horrible human Shannon being, were, Yeah, we no were watching the, uh, the news thing, and uh, what was it? He multiple counts of rape, 20 sexual assault charges. Like, good Lord. Life sentence, possible life in sentence. Oh, it is, wow. I didn't realize it was that yeah, bad. I mean, I, I haven't been paying attention charges, to anything. A 15-year-old girl, forcible oh. rape, all of this stuff. This guy's horrific. And this is the reason why I wanted to bring this up just briefly as we wrap it up. Um, the alleged events date to 2004, the most recent on January 1st. Um, I remember at one point in time, um, right after college, I was encouraging everyone to get a... Um, what is it called? The E3, triplexchurch.com. Yes. And triple, I think I know where you're going with this. but Yeah. They had going. an accountability software yeah. to, to help you, you know, not look at pornography and overcome it. The head guy used to go to the porn um, award shows, and he would rent out a booth in Las Vegas, and he would pass out Bibles that says, Jesus loves porn stars. I had like a funny cover, but they were Bibles, and he would get, and he had pulled out of the porn industry like dozens of actors and actresses and you know, people got to know him and he was a nice guy and all this stuff. Well, then they started debates and Ron Jeremy is like a Harvard grad or something like that. And, um, they would have these debates and, and ABC news, the nightline news, I think that's ABC did a show. And I remember watching it because I was preparing for theology, of the body, uh, talk for, for my church group. And, um, I remember watching it and, they introduced the the guy from triplexchurch.com and you know he's a pastor he does his blah 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 and the student body and then the abc reporter when he was bringing out Roger he's like now for the guy you're all here to see legend himself Roger and he like gloated over and extolled Ron Jeremy and and i remember sitting there being like you're a freaking journalist and you're rallying up freshmen to seniors in college over 
a Ron porn Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. A, a, a forever gross looking dirty man. Like he always look like in the, in the Boondock Saints movie, he's an actor. He looks disgusting. He plays a disgusting person. He's disgusting. Yet, you know, here's this guy and, but he's a celebrity in those circles. And I remember being like, this is, this is like the, the, the insanity of our culture. You're, you're, you're celebritizing a porn star, a gross porn star. Yikes. Yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. Pray for his victims. It's horrible. Oh my Absolutely God. Horrible. Um, we were going to do 10 minute topics, but oh, well, that'll be, that'll be tomorrow. <laughs> that'll be tomorrow. Uh, uh, have you, have you seen the uh, Facebook page at all? No. I, I, I saw you posted a bunch of stuff of like a hippo or a sea manatee or something. <laughs> so I just got tired of like having to be um, catching foxes. And I was like, this is going to be a Fiona fan page. <laughs> so Fiona's a hippo at the Cincinnati Zoo who was born premature, but they were able to bring back to full health. And she's cute as hell. <laughs> like she's just I mean she looks like a cute female it's so adorable yeah. Yeah. and so she's a, like a real um celebrity here in Cincinnati she is precious to us uh question if I yes. bring my kids to the Cincinnati Zoo and Thomas runs away and climbs into the hippo cage will don't you, you be dare okay? don't you dare don't you, you dare no don't you dare <laughs> I stop right now I don't you put that into the universe you Take that back. I'm about to get real. I Fiona is like, you do not understand how important she is to us. <laughs> you can tell we're all She's our down Sebastian. <laughs> I don't know who Sebastian is, but it's okay. from uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, Lil Sebastian. <laughs> there are like t-shirts of Fiona. I mean, you talk. I mean, everyone knows who she is and loves her. So She's what you're precious. saying is you're going to shoot Thomas. He had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we were talking about Harambe and I didn't even know I like I knew nothing other than like basically the bare facts. I had no idea it was Cincinnati. You're like, dude, you are cutting way too close. And I'm like, what? And he's like, that's our zoo, man. Like, it's oh, our zoo. God. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, I didn't man, know. I remember that was such a big deal. Oh wait, that's the Boondock Saints intro. Wow, that's not, <laughs> that that's, sure not, is. that's not Braveheart. What All right, man, I gotta go. I'm gonna, I'm right. gonna let you go. go uh, Tinyletter.com/slash/gomer. <laughs> Look at you starting your own on the newsletter. We have competing newsletters. <laughs> the difference is, I've written two, which is twice as many as you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love you, Luke. I'm so I happy we're too. friends. I when can you. I come up and see the baby? Uh, once COVID's all over with. Oh, okay. So never. Okay, that's yeah. great. So that's great. No, that's fine. She'll, that's wonderful. she'll be sixteen. <laughs> I'll take her to prom. <laughs> I'm your safe bet. <laughs> Do you realize we're coming very? Okay, no, you're you're tired. Go, go. No, no, no. Finish that thought. I'm excited. Okay, where I going. was. I saw a picture of um me. Oh, oh, with my mom and dad, it was, and I was a senior in in high school. About to, I was on the homecoming court thing or like whatever, and um, I realized that my mom was only seven years older than I am right now at that moment there, <laughs> and I kind of freaked the f out. Yeah, 
And I was like, I don't look old yet. And then I'm like, it's going to start soon. We're going to start to look a little bit old. Like, like we still look like younger-ish dudes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying young, but younger-ish. It's, it's going to stop soon, man. It's coming real soon. I remember I was talking with um, Barbara, who I work with, and she used to be our youth, my youth minister. And I remember being like, how old was Deacon Mims when he was a core member when Life Teen first started? So back when I was 16, 17, 17 years old. And she was like, oh, he was 35. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, took my breath away. Yeah. He yeah. is so, he was a thousand years old when I was 17. And I was 37 when she told me that. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, that's the no. way they look at me. They think I'm that old. Ah! I know. When, like, do we stop this? Or do we just kind of hope that our audience just stays with us? Hey guys, I've been coming to the exact same party for four years. Because at some no point in time, are we going to be forty-five, wanting to go out and give talks at churches and then drink with everyone af- afterwards? I probably will want to do that. Well, let me tell you, it depends on who we hang out with in the Catholic speaker circuit. If we're hanging out with the musicians, the answer is yes. And I'm going to yeah, go drink with the musicians true. tomorrow I night. Have the, <laughs> I have had the most fun when I hang out with the, the musicians. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's hands down, not even close. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, man. I wonder what it's going to be like. Uh, Gretchen Fox is a young adult podcast led by, oh, wow. These guys in their late 40s who have <laughs> really let themselves go. <laughs> Hi. We're like the 40-year-old that sneaks into all the 35 and under yeah. young adult groups. <laughs> They've done too many diets. You can tell because their skin looks weird. <laughs> Back on the yo-yo again, I see, by your tiny letter emails. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to show up and think, like, hey, he wants to party and hear us talk for 20 minutes. You don't have to pay us. I don't give a shit. Look, this guy's going to say anima technica vacua <laughs> like seven times. Just give us the money now. Is- <laughs> <laughs> this other guy's just going to go on and on and on. I'm like, isn't this supposed to be two guys I'm talking? But the other dude's just going to um, sit there for 20 minutes and go, I'm getting paid just to sit here in front of people. <laughs> To which I will respond, uh, and according to Cardinal Ratzinger, the, uh, uh, the uh, seminary in my element. <laughs> every seminarian who shows up is going to judge them and be like they're bad, while the priest with, with like a little bit of experience is going to go, I get it, you go too far, but I get it. <laughs> oh, man. All right, bye, Luke. All right, bye, man. Five, Five four, three, three two, two one. one.